Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Yimber Reviews Everything. It's been a while, but we're back with some excellent shows and movies to review for you. As always, I am joined with my partner in life and in crime, my reluctant co-host and beautiful wife, Bailey. Hi. Hey. Uh, before we dive in, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also check out my blog at yimbreviewseverything.tumblr.com. Um, I've only been updating it with our latest podcasts of late, but if you liked some of my earlier review work, let me know and I can go back to those as well. Um, that was actually one of the ideas that I wa- was trying to come up with because um, since we are not exactly timely with our release of episodes, um, I thought that maybe I could fill in the gaps with some blog posts uh, and possibly even get into some more spoiler spoilerish material. So um, anyway, it'll just give us a t- you know another way to connect as we take that little hiatuses in between podcast episodes. So anyway, um, this is our ninth episode, and we're coming up on number 10, which... Wait, you've done nine this, episodes? Yeah, this is number nine. I mean, you didn't, you weren't a part of number one, but that was also the worst one. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. So I'm debating... I want to do something special for the number 10, because, I don't know, I'm, I'm a sucker for... Numbers end in zero, I guess. <laughs> Says number five on his baseball team. Well, of course, but like multiples of five, but okay. you know, but you know, every ten, I feel like we can do something a little special. Sure. So, I've been debating having maybe we can have a special guest come in, or we can make it a spoiler special, or a combination of both, or something. I don't know. I'm thinking. You know, actually, I talked to our uh, our BFF Brian. You know him, our former roommate. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're talking to me? I thought I'm, you were yeah, talking, I'm talking to, to the people in, in the world. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people, and I don't think they all know that I'm they should. best He's friends with great. Brian. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking of bringing Brian and possibly his fiance in and doing one of like a, a first time, long time, kind of stealing from that where we could watch a movie and then record the podcast right afterwards to get our immediate thoughts down. So I don't know. We'll see. But it's something that if you have any suggestions uh other than what we just threw out there let me know uh if you think any of this is something i should pursue the best way to reach out is on twitter where you can follow me at yimbo5 or on facebook or to my face either way either way is fine so before we get into our first category i'd also like to take a minute to review the weather here in new jersey it is april 9th as as we are sitting here recording and we had snow today. We did. And I hate it. It, it sucks. It That's didn't. my review. <laughs> it didn't stick. It didn't stick. It was like... It was fine. Yeah, but it's 33 degrees. We just got back from dinner, and it's cold, and it's April, and the groundhog lied to us. I would rather be cold than hot. No, that's malarkey. I need the sun. I need that solar energy. Okay. So, that's just me. You okay. know you know what makes me grumpy. I, I like blankets. I'm cool with it. It's fine. (laughs) So, a couple weekends ago, Bailey and I were big binge watchers because Netflix released season two of Daredevil, and that's where I would like to begin with uh, this episode here. So, we have Daredevil season two. Now, obviously, you know, we're not going to get into spoilers, but I think it's, I have to mention that 
season one was fantastic. Um, it was basically we have a very gritty and honest portrayal of the character, uh, and his, the actor playing him is Charlie Cox. I didn't know him by name or even face, even though shout out to uh, our brother in Outlaw Jesse, <laughs> who looks just like we can't we can't I, not see him. <laughs> I can't watch Daredevil without at least like three times an episode saying like, "Oh, you dirty dog, Jesse," <laughs> because he looks so much I mean, like our brother-in-law. Spitting image. It's. Insane. Yeah. So, and, it, it, and I feel like I'm spending time with Jesse by watching. Right. It. Like Jesse, we miss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I didn't know um, Charlie Cox at all, but looking him up on IMDb, it turns out he's actually done a lot. So he was in a movie um, called Stardust. Have you ever seen that? The live, like it was like a live action Disney princess story, kind of. No. Oh my god, it's so good. Like I, it's it's so good. <laughs> So Stardust is amazing. Claire Danes was in that. Um, but anyway, he's he was also in an episode of Downton Abbey, which we never watched, which, you know, shame on us, I guess. Um, one of the bigger movies he was in recently was The Theory of Everything, which is another one that we haven't seen yet. But I think, Bailey, you would wanted to see that yeah, at one point. Yeah, I like science. <laughs> All right, getting back to Daredevil. So if you don't know the character, he uh, was the first and one of the few blind superheroes. He lost his sight in an accident when he was 12 and... Due to the nature of it, all his uh, other senses were sharpened, so much so that his uh, hearing can almost give him like a sonar-like view of the world. So he does. It's, it's not like he's. T- well, I mean, he is blind, but he can't see visually, but right. he can perceive the environment enough to be able to maneuver through it and navigate. And it's almost like he can see, but like only through his other senses. Exactly. Um. If you haven't seen the movie Daredevil starring Ben Affleck, you can skip it. However, <laughs> don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Um, actually, the director's cut, the DVD that exists out there, is much better than the theatrical release, which was just garbage. But um, the other day, it was actually on TV, and uh, I left it on for a few minutes, and Bailey got to see what their version of his sonar was like, which was. For you video gamers out there, um, like the Batman detective mode kind of. It was uh, like from the Arkham games. figures. Yeah. And it was and bizarre. It was, like, the screen was blue and you can see, yeah. So in the show, they do it much better. I, I, like the, the world around him kind of blurs because he's trying to hone what he's listening and tuning into. And I don't know. It's, it's, it basically gives you the impression of what he's doing and what he's being, but without actually being corny about it. If that is a good way of putting it, yeah, no, it's it's very it's very neat to watch. Yeah, it's very believable. It doesn't seem you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like he's listening to all you know the different things that are happening in the room, mm-hmm. and he's. I mean, that was even. It's not even like he's right seeing it, but he's listening, and he can, you know, hear the air moving where people are walking and yeah. things like that. But it's not. Like in fighting, he can he listens to the the, the, um, the weapons or well remember that was late, oh, well you know, no spoilers no but spoilers. heartbeats he can hear their heartbeats, heartbeats. He, can he can hear, hear their the breathing winds. yeah like you know weapons and hands moving through the air um, it's pretty incredible so in the first season again and ho- hopefully you know the character if you don't um, there's a Marvel villain named the Kingpin who is his probably you know that's his top bad guy that's his joker to the batman 
and oh man, like season one was so good. The kingpin was fantastic. He he was. He's peculiar. He's a peculiar. I can't say that word. Leave that too. <laughs> he's, he's a pecu- yeah, peculiar. He's very villain. odd. He's yeah. off. He's socially awkward. He's you know a little bit damaged. He, and he's dangerous. He's a dangerous dude. He's very sensitive, but like vicious. Right. He's a very complicated character. Yeah, and his goal in season one is to tear down and rebuild Hell's Kitchen and the city in in, in what he v- feels is the best version of it. And he truly believes what he's doing is right, and the ways he's going about it are underhanded. And again, the the best villains, I, I probably I feel like I say this every other episode, but the best villains are the ones that truly believe deep down that what they're doing is right, not just that they believe in what they're doing, but they think they're making a difference in a positive way. So, season one was fantastic. Um, I had heard rumors of the the new characters they were going to introduce. So, season two brings us. Other classic Daredevil characters, one of which is Elektra. And again, much different, a much better version than the Jennifer Garner Daredevil movie version. And then we also got another fantastic character. So we, when it was released, I said to Bailey, I was like, oh my God, this is what we're doing this weekend. It, Daredevil season two's out. And because it's season two of a show, Bailey looks at me and goes, me. No, wasn't too into it. Because also... What happens between seasons is I completely forget what I, – I don't even remember what the first season included. I don't even remember who the characters were. I feel like it's not even worth re- revisiting because I don't remember anything and it just – I mean if only TV shows would give you <laughs> Shut. a couple of minutes worth of material okay. to refresh your memory. But even when we did because we – between Daredevil 1 and Daredevil De- uh, Daredevil 2. It was like we a, watched it was a year. Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Which is also yeah. in that same universe, universe yeah. or like right in the same. So I like that show so much, which I, right now I couldn't even tell you what it was about, but I remember liking <laughs> it a it was lot. Really good, yeah. That, and I remember liking it more than I liked Daredevil season one. So it was more of like, well, it wasn't as good as Jessica Jones, so I don't even want to watch it. But I'm glad we did because it was a spectacular season two. It was. And what got her in was the Punisher. So they introduced the Punisher um, and... Played by John Bernthal. Yeah, that's it. All right, thank you. Um, He was a character from The Walking Dead, and which actually is funny because when I first heard that he he was going to be playing the Punisher, I wasn't really that excited about it, but holy cow. He did such an amazing job. He was amazing. Uh, I like his accent. He's like a tough guy. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, they did another, you know, like there's there's a lot of different tweaked uh, versions of the Punisher character of Frank Castle. Some of them where he's a cop. Some of them he's, you know, this this version they went with military hero. Sometimes they combine the two. So this one was straight up. He was a soldier. He, you know, fought in, you know, Afghanistan and, and came back. He lost his family. And is now on a murderous rampage of gangs. <laughs> and it makes sense. Yeah. It yeah. It totally makes sense. And I will say another thing that I like about this season and season one is that they do not call the villains or like the characters by their superhero or supervillain names. Right. So for instance, for season one, 
you had the kingpin, but they didn't call him kingpin. They called him Fisk. Right. Wilson was right. Wilson yeah. Fisk. Yep. And and then with you know even the daredevil, they don't call him daredevil. They call him the devil's devil of hell's kitchen, mm-hmm. which makes it seem so much more natural and so much more, it's realistic if this were actually happening, which is not. But like right. we don't have vigilantes going around and all this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, but it just seemed like a more real world version of the superhero like genre. It's just because they're yeah. so much like the characters are like the people. They call them by their names. They were looking for Frank Castle mm-hmm. when he was on, you know, getting oh, so good. It's just it's so, so good. good. Yeah. And for, all right. So I'm going to drop, uh, <laughs> it's a bombshell for those of you that know me. Uh, I haven't seen Batman versus Superman yet. Which... And I haven't heard the end of it since it came out. But <laughs> I let my whole spring break pass by without going to see it because Bailey was still working, and I don't know. It's just I, then all the reviews started coming out. I know, and I know it's not being reviewed very well, and it probably is going to let me down. But I still want to see it. I <laughs> Bailey and I went to Target yesterday, and I'm going to basically make fun of myself again for saying this, but. We go and I'm like, babe, I'm like, I'm, I want to go see it. She doesn't want to, obviously, movie theaters and just the uh, lower expectations than ever before because it's being pooped on by everybody. Um, but I go, babe, I, I, I'll go, I'll go by myself because how can I not see this? It's what defines me as a person. <laughs> and then <laughs> we Batman and Superman. These these characters define who I am as an individual. <laughs> and then we stopped outside the Target doors, and I looked at him and I said, "Wow." That's who defines you. <laughs> Two myth, like made-up characters. I know, but you know, in terms of people's perception, I was like, "This is they're, they're my to, guys." You don't have to worry what people think. You That's can true. Just, you know. But anyway, I really want to see it. But <laughs> I haven't, and the reason I bring it up is because um, one of the things. See, I told you, the longer I go without seeing it, the more I get spoiled by things. And I, and again, I've been keeping myself relatively spoiler-free. But one of the things um, that knocks on the movie is that it's a lot of superheroes talking at each other. And I bring it up because in this show, it's not like they rely on a ton of action sequences. There are, obviously. But the best moments of the show were when Daredevil and Punisher were having like legit heart-to-heart uh, conversations about philosophy. And not only that, when they do do the fight scenes, they're spectacular. They're yeah. over the top, really well choreographed. Mm-hmm. And like, they look real. Like, they look legit, whereas what I've been noticing with Arrow, for example, I know we've been bringing it up as, like, our womp, uh, womp. Uh, our show that's kind of fallen out of our good graces. But the action sequences there have definitely become more, like, choreographed dances, whereas in Daredevil – it looks really gritty and nasty and as if someone, you know, like two guys were slugging it out. It's great. Yeah. Um, so to wrap up our conversation of Daredevil, I think that, uh, once again, it succeeded. If you haven't checked out either season, please do. It is on Netflix. And I am giving it, and babe, she hasn't heard this one yet, but um, I gave it a four out of five punished gangs. Ooh. I would give it. A four and a half because okay. it is – there are very few shows that I can sit and actually watch That's, without yeah, you, playing on the computer or doing other yeah, things. Yeah. It is worth watching. Each moment of the show 
is it's intense it's you intense. need to you need to stay with it and the fact that's true i should probably bump it up because the fact that you were able to sit there for a whole weekend <laughs> and it's true it's not like every day where i can get you to binge watch episodes i sound like a child that needs like an ipad <laughs> to keep me busy so i don't disrupt you while you're doing what you need to well, do I'm trying to pay attention babe I'm... are you watching um so definitely check it out and now to move on to one other tv show which uh Oh, man, I don't even know how to... I'll just tell you what the show is first. It's Blind Spot, which you can find on NBC. At the time, as of right now, as we're recording, there are 16 episodes that are in the first season. Um, so it was only picked up for one of those half seasons, and it did well enough that it got picked up for the second half. So there are going to be 23. It is, it's going to be a full season one. Uh, it stars Jamie Alexander, who you may know from the Thor movies as Lady Sif. And uh, her character here is Jane Doe, because the first episode begins with her discovered in a bag in Times Square, and she doesn't have her memories. On top of that, she's covered in tattoos. Everywhere. From, yeah. Yeah, Head to toe. Head to toe. She's naked, covered in... Canvas, yeah. So... The show has been doing a really nice job so far as to, like, slowly reveal the mystery um, about her lost memories and showing you little snippets as things come back to her. And it, what's nice is that I thought the show was going to fall into a trap of, like, let's analyze a new – oh, because she, she – I should probably mention that she's now working for the FBI. That's probably a big thing, right? <laughs> um, so e- I was afraid that each episode was going to be – Oh no, there's a crime. Oh look, we attack you know, like it's one of our tattoos. And then here's another tattoo, and here's another mystery, and here's another tattoo, and here's another mystery. Um Which but, it was at first. It was, because early on they kinda had to establish this little you know, this character like, in this world that they're And that these tattoos, each of them has a hidden meaning and you have to figure yeah, out what they tattoos mean. Tattoos within tattoos and, and they're hidden symbols and numbers and each one stands for something that's going on. Right. All of that. So, yeah, the, you're right. The first few, it did have to. But um, it's at least broken that to where now not every episode is surrounding one of the tattoos. Um, but it will still obviously still come up. So it's been good. I, I've enjoyed it. We've been sticking with it. I think I feel like the last couple have been sluggish. Or I've not. been on my computer during them. Yeah, but earlier on, you still, I mean, like, that was a show that, it's, oh, we, we missed Blindspot this week. You got to put on Blindspot. It's still good. It is still good. It's still good. Right. So I, And I love Sullivan Stapleton, who is plays... Um, Kurt Weller? Kurt Weller. Yeah, Kurt he, Weller has that, like, perma-scruff. Oh, he, he's gr- handsome. You know, <laughs> um, rugged man. So... You can check it out. There's uh, a number of episodes on Hulu, but not the entire season. You could probably find a bunch on demands, or you know, wait till it hits Netflix. But it it, it is um, a worthwhile show. We'll give you an update when the season finally does wrap up. But in the meantime, I'm giving it a very obvious three and a half out of five mysterious tattoos. I agree. Yeah, right. It's mm-hmm. not. I mean, comparing it to Daredevil, for example, since it's this, you know, a similar. In term, a similar TV show in terms of action and suspense. Suspense. Yeah. Daredevil is leaps and bounds. So hey, I would definitely give that a full point above, right? Sure. Cool. All right. So those are our TV shows for this episode. Um, now I want to go on to movies. And I already mentioned how I still haven't seen Batman Superman, which is 
you know, it's a very sore spot with me right now. Even though I had a chance today, like, I could have said, hey, let's go, and I didn't. Um, I do need to see that, though. <laughs> All right, but there was a new movie that I went to go see recently. So uh, I be- think it was last weekend or two weekends ago two now. Weekends ago. Two, right? Oof. So <laughs> 10 Cloverfield Lane, and I wanted to talk about it because it is still in the theaters. Um, before I went to go check it out, Bailey and I had watched the original Cloverfield in preparation. And I don't know if you guys know this about Bailey, but she loves monster movies. Yes. Who was one of your favorites growing up? Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I'm terrified of Godzilla, completely yeah. 100% nightmares every night, fascinated <laughs> by Godzilla. So, Cloverfield, let's talk about that one, because Bailey actually saw, so she, Bailey did not see 10 Cloverfield Lane, even though she wanted to, but, you know, movie theaters. <laughs> so, babe, what did you think about Cloverfield? I remember when Cloverfield came out forever ago, when I originally, you know, was in the movie theater and came out. People, I remember hearing that people really didn't like it and thought it was not great because you didn't get to see the monster. I just, and I didn't ever saw it because I, you know, movie theaters. But <laughs> I, we watched it, I think it was on HBO or something one day. No, I had the, I have, I have the Blu-ray. Cause oh, I'm a, I, of course you That do. was during my, I'm a sucker, I have to buy every last movie that comes out on We have DVD. like every movie that was ever made. Okay, so I, we watched it. And it was much better than I expected it to be. I had seen bits and pieces before. I, I knew what the story was about. Um, also, the only thing I don't like is I can't do shaky cameras. And it was shaky. It was shaky. It was shaky. I can't even watch home movies because they're too shaky. Um, but it was enough of breaks, I guess, in between the shakiness when they would – but it still like kind of bothered of me. moments of calm because yeah. the movie's shot in first-person point of view – you have a character running, you know, he was documenting a party for his friends, so that's why he's going around holding this camera. And then when the monster, you know, all this stuff happens, he he he, want, he he basically says at one point that people need to know what happened. So he's documenting everything. Um, but I, so I thought in terms of this, you know, a monster hitting New York, um, it does a really good job of, you know, a person possibly doing that. I mean, it, like, Bailey, I think you joked that I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's only if I have my camcorder. I'm not running around with a phone out the whole time. Um, but anyway, there were scenes when he's running down, you know, like the guy, the cameraman's running down the street. Oh, the cameraman is TJ Miller, by the way, who is a fantastic <laughs> comedian, and he was in Deadpool. He's so good. Uh, what I was just going, the comment I was just going to make is that watching it now, I just looked it up, that Cloverfield came out in 2008. So okay. quite a long time ago. Yeah. So many actors and actresses in that movie are now people that you would recognize. Yeah. But when it came out in 2008, they were oh, yeah, not Barbie really. Oh, yeah, was in it. From I was just Under gonna... the Dome. That's in my notes. I wrote that. Ugh. That Mike Vogel, who plays Barbie from Under the Dome, is the brother of the main character in Cloverfield, which completely oh, made Wait, me really is... excited. You ready, you ready for the, 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 this is the Yimbo Ryu's Everything universe that we're living in right now? <laughs> The other main character, the other – actually, he is the main dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about this. This is amazing. Was the main character in that stupid Lifetime time travel movie. The Christmas one. Yes. What was it called? I don't know. Oh, I can look it up. Hold on. I'm clicking on it. Mike, no. Hold on. I'll find it. Keep going. Keep going. Right, I'll find so, it. So, yeah. Talk about, again, things coming from Our circle. world – yeah, oh, it's called Just in Time for Christmas, which there we reviewed on this podcast. Yep. So the main character 
from Just in Time for Christmas yep. is also the main character in Cloverfield. Yeah. So you have Just in Time for Christmas. You have the brother who's Barbie, which we also reviewed from Under the Dome. Mm-hmm. And then TJ Miller, who is in Deadpool. It's all coming together. It, it really is. Wait, there's more people. I, there's definitely more people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lizzie like Kaplan, who's a, right. she's in all those like she funny shows. Down she's in The Interview, yep. Mean Girls. She's a great actress. Mm-hmm. So there's all these characters played by now famous actors. Yep. It's, it's great to watch. It's very, very interesting. But you're right. It does come full circle in our <laughs> podcasts. We clearly have... We have, a t- we have tastes. We, we like certain people. <laughs> um, so to getting to 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, Bailey d- does want to see it, right? You do? I mean, you were into it. I will You were into it. Oh, we talked about this today. J.J. Um, Abrams, did he end up directing Cloverfield or was he just producing? I don't remember. All right. But I know he produced 10 Cloverfield Lane. It was all part of Bad Robot. So um, just today, as we were watching stuff about Star Wars Force Awakens, which we'll get into again in a little bit. Um, I think, what did you say about J.J. Abrams? He must be a good producer slash director because I like all of his things and I'm always like, oh, I know who J.J. Abrams is and I probably couldn't name a single other executive producer or director. who? Yeah, George (laughs) Lucas. I don't, like probably those are the only three people that I could name. So the fact that somebody who doesn't like movies whatsoever has no interest in reading up on film or anything like that, that I recognize him and I do like what he does yep. means that I clearly am a fan of his work. Right. So we'll, we will check it. I'm very excited uh, to see it again because I really did love this movie. Um, I went with my friend Mike and, man, John Goodman was fantastic he gave this like really compelling performance as a doomsday prepper. Um, the movie does not do shaky cam. Instead, this just has like a loose tie-in to the first film, or or a deep tie-in. But we're not really going to know where this is going if if we do end up seeing it there. I mean, even this movie itself was a mystery that just was revealed when they dropped the trailer on the world. So the the trailer, the commercials, all of that. If you've seen you know things about it. Um, the, it makes it look like the plot. Um, the plot um, makes it look like the main character, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Winstead, is trapped at a bunker, and it's true and false. So, the reason I love this movie is not because of any kind of monstery type stuff, um, but it's all the connections and the relationships that the characters build. It's that human element. Um, and that's probably the scariest part of the movie. So you're left really guessing. It is, it's is—it's a thriller above all else. And it makes it more so a thriller than like a monster horror movie. And I wanted, I, I threw this down in my notes, um, and this will be good because Bailey hasn't heard this yet. But I, if you enjoy J.J. Abrams, Google his TED Talk because it discusses how, like he, as a kid, as like an elementary school, like, you know, I think he was seven years old or whatever. Um, he was super into magic. And at one point he was given a mystery box and he went, instead of being like, he, as excited as he was for getting it, he never opened it because to him, it re- it represented infinite possibility. And he told his audience, it represents hope. It represents potential. 
and who would want to give up on those things? So when I heard that, all of his work, it just cleared up everything because, I mean, if you know Lost, if you know everything, I mean, <laughs> we never really found out the smoke monster was, you know, or the polar bears, but the fact that it was all about the people and, like, it wasn't about those supernatural things. It wasn't, you know, it's not about the monster. It's about what they all represent. So I don't know. It's really neat, and I didn't want to give too much about the TED Talk away because he obviously does it way better than me paraphrasing it. So if you think this movie is remotely interesting, if it sounds like that to you, I encourage you to check it out because, like I said, I, I am really looking forward to seeing it with Bailey when it comes out, you know, on demand. So... I had trouble. I had tr- trouble coming up with um, like a rating for it, but I'm gonna give this. Oh man, I originally gave it a four, but I might even go four and a half out of five. Locked doors. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. Now, those are our TV shows. Those are the movies. But I wanted to quickly do like a review wrap up because or a review update. Um. This weekend, the reason we went to Target yesterday was because I wanted to buy Star Wars The Force Awakens on the Blu-ray, and we did, and we watched it last night. Babe, what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. Wasn't it so good? I, again, did not want to see it, like, Mm -hmm. yesterday, but we watched it, and I was really glad that I did. So what were your favorite components of that movie? Um, it, uh, I think I liked it because of the different characters. Um, you like the, the whole new generation of heroes? I do. And, and I didn't think Kylo I... Kylo Ren? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to like it because of the new people. Because I'm kind of, you know, very... Tra- I'm a traditionalist. You're a purist. I'm You're a purist. purist. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. And I wrote, you know, this down. That I liked the combination of the old veteran characters mm-hmm. and the new characters. And what they did really well in this movie, which is what they usually fail to do in most sequels where they're pulling on something that has such a strong presence to begin with, is they didn't... They weren't cheesy trying to connect... This new movie, which is obviously made way after the last, you know, movie. Mm -hmm. And it contains the characters from the original trilogy, right? Trilogy? Three movies? Was it three movies in the original? So it wasn't trying to be like, hey guys, we, we, here, remember this from Han Solo? Oh, remember Han Solo did this? Or remember, oh, Leia looked like this? Which is funny because that, that was a criticism that people did say that. But you and I both, you know, watching this last night, Really didn't come across that way. There was a movie we just watched, which is a sequel, sequel, and they did that a lot, and it was really annoying. Well, that's every comedy. I keep seeing like as we flip. Oh, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect was that. I was like going to say Horrible Bosses too. They was try like to that. like do the same story, or they try to play off jokes that are from the first couple of movies, right, or the right. they try to revisit a lot of the things which make the movie feel. Just silly and done. It's like, okay, whatever. All right, ha ha, I get it. Um, so I like that. I like that each character in this movie is on their own separate journey, but they're all together. And even right. a character like BB-8, which is just a oh, I love BB-8. droid, he has his own journey. He has his own story. Yep. And 
these paths are all crossing and they're all kind of on their own mission, but a bigger mission to begin like a bigger mission as a whole. And I liked it. I liked the old characters yeah. with the new characters. And it, it made a lot of sense. I jokingly told her yesterday that I was like, I'm like, I'm going to see this movie. I'm going to put this on a few times this weekend. And I haven't. <laughs> but today we put in um, the bonus disc and we watched what felt like it must. It was definitely over an hour. Like they had this great documentary about the process, you know, how this movie came to be, gave you the background on everything. And I thought it was really interesting that this is the stuff that they were even going for. Like, there's a scene in The Force Awakens where they go to a watering hole, you know, like they go to a, a bar, um, and it definitely reminds you of the cantina. Do, 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 you know? But J.J. Abrams explains, like, all right, people are going to – he because I guess he gave the interview after they filmed it but before it came out. And he goes, people are going to, I'm sure, complain, like, oh, well, they're just trying to do a cantina. He's like, but I know as a fan – if I left the movie and we didn't have that in, they say, well, where's the cantina? I don't understand. We're going to do a cantina. The cantina is a really great scene, and it wouldn't be the same without it in 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 the movie because it shows all the different, you know, aliens that are living together and having a good time. And it just has that feel of the, the original movies, which if it wasn't in there, you'd be definitely missing that element. Yeah. I mean, you could really – when you hear these people talk about bringing this movie to life, they they put so much thought and care into reintroducing things like the Millennium Falcon, and I don't know. I I thought all the all the callbacks to the previous movies in the earlier you know earlier original trilogy were just really well done. And I don't know. I loved. It. I really. I want to see it again. I might make us put it on again tonight because yeah. it was really. It's really good. It's really good and. I love the new characters, and I just, I don't know. I love everything about it. I would watch it again as well. And I know a lot of people were saying, oh, it's basically A New Hope all over again, but it really isn't. Like, I didn't, and I'm usually one of those people that says, like, oh, been there, done that, I've seen this before. But it definitely didn't feel like A New Hope because of the different characters and the depth to each character because we have these old people that we know so much about, these old characters and then we have these new people that we're still trying to figure out and who are still trying to figure out themselves. And there's all these different dynamics going on, which it doesn't, which I feel like a new hope does not even come close to hitting. Right. And for Bailey, as someone who is not, <clears throat> who's not as invested into the series, like the, the diehard fans, th- there was the criticism of Ray as a character and how could she be so good at everything and how could Finn be so good at everything? But I mean, it really fell a lot on Ray, like the criticism. But when we were watching it last night, I don't think at any point you felt like it was unbelievable that she would be, that like she couldn't figure those things out. And I think that because you're immediately introduced to why mm-hmm. she is so good at what she's doing, and I just think that that opens the door to figuring out more. Like, why is she such a quick study? Why? I think there's more to that story. I don't think it's just that, oh, she's just naturally good at everything. I think that in the upcoming later movies, it's going to be like, oh, that makes sense why she could just do what she does. Anyway, so, so, yeah, so they did a really good job. And uh, looking back now, you know, having seen it in the theaters, reading all the reviews, hearing 
some critic, you know, some different criticism about it. Honestly, I, I it, it's silly. It's silly. This was a super fun, enjoyable ride, and I am really looking forward to seeing what they do with all these new characters and how they go from, you know, they really pass the torch. It is a passing of the torch, and I thought they did an awesome job. Um, from watching the behind-the-scenes documentary today. It was so good. So good. Um, it makes me feel like I don't do anything because these people are <laughs> working so hard or so brilliant. These people building them, literally looking at pictures and rebuilding the Millennium, Millennium Falcon from pictures to make everything just right. And the sketches they did for each scene, there was so much thought putting into that. And I just made the joke to Jimmy. It's like, we can't even measure our windows with a laser <laughs> measurer. And these people are doing all this amazing stuff with graphics and mechanical things and to see how much of the movie is real versus oh, cgi man. yeah they the, the explosions are real the the drones or the not drones the droids are all real robots right that are being controlled like that is so cool that is so, so neat, neat to see yeah and you can really tell from watching the movie that it's not cgi it's not overly cgi mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're watching Something that's completely computerized. Which we did feel that way when we watched the prequels. Because the mm-hmm. prequels, I thought, were super reliant and everything was computer generated. But there was a there was so much to love. It's so much to love. So anyway, I just we just had to bring it up because we had talked about it before. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not. Um, I didn't say my favorite part of, like, my favorite thing about the entire movie. Oh, do it up. Kylo Ren God. is the best character that I've seen in a really long time. And I really liked watching him, but I will just let everybody know that before seeing this movie, the only, the only exposure that I had to Kylo Ren was the SNL skit with Adam driver, who plays the character Kylo Ren, um, doing undercover boss, star killer base edition (laughs) where, Kylo Ren goes undercover as Matt, the radar technician, <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's, so good. it's and it's we watched it after the movie last night. That's just, why we had to. <laughs> it's so good. It is hilarious. Even if you haven't seen Star Wars, it's still funny. Mm-hmm. But then after seeing Star Wars and just seeing that he is just a hothead emo teenager basically right well he's full of so much angst and he's totally different than darth vader yes he's another masked scary figure you know that's on the dark side but it's to their totally different characters he's super insecure so he's so layered there's so many there's he's an onion (laughs) i love it and i just i'm very much drawn to that character and that is pretty much it. I like him. I like watching. I like the whole movie. It was... Yep. I didn't play on my phone or computer the entire time. Which I was... I made sure. And I would probably get yelled at if I tried. <laughs> um, and then there's one last thing before we bring this episode to a close. Uh, we had reviewed the first episode of eleven twenty two sixty three, which was that Stephen King time travel stop the JFK assassination episode, you know, uh, Hulu show. Well, we just watched episode eight, which was the season finale, and I'm pretty sure the finale, I don't think this is another Stephen King un- under the dome where <laughs> they say it's a little mini series, but then haha, three seasons later. <laughs> um, so I just had to make a mention that 
I know you have to have Hulu to watch it, but somehow, some way, sign up for Hulu, do the trial, borrow a password from somebody you know. Um, but that show was a tremendous series. That was a great eight episode arc. That was awesome. I, I it had such amazing moments. In, the, in every single episode, um, James Franco was really good. Like I, I was nervous that he'd kind of jump the shark at some point. He it, he was so good. The characters they introduced were amazing, um, and the, the man that story. I didn't know how they were going to do as we were coming close. As I especially as we went into watching the, the finale, I was very nervous that. With something like this, that was such an ambitious idea—the you know the whole stop going back in time and stopping this assassination, and the ramifications and what could happen—ah, oh, they did it. Babe, what did you? Th- I, I know you you were just you were sad, but again, not to spoil it, she was sad and I was overjoyed. So I think that kind of is just based on how we perceived the characters and. This is just how we interpreted it separately and individually. I think they did a great job with the ending. And like you said, I, I, I was just sad. I, and I liked the show so much and it's one of those shows again, that you want something like through the, at the entire time you're like, okay, I want him to do it. I want him to do it. I want him to do it. And it, because it's JJ Abrams, it's, it's that, you know, what's going to happen if, mm-hmm. You don't want to spoil it for yourself. Everything's kind of still a mystery throughout the entire season. But if you were to get what you wanted, it wouldn't be as satisfying, I guess. Yeah. Because we all had different perceptions of what we wanted the ending to be. Right. So, you know, you might want something different than I would out of it. Mm -hmm. So it it had a... It was a very satisfying conclusion. Yes. So no matter what you kind of wanted. Right. Exactly. No matter what you, you like, it ended, and we were both. We just both looked at each other like that was very good television. <laughs> like yeah. it was really good. So again, go out of your way um, and check that out. And again, even if you're somebody that read the book and knows the story, they were able to take enough liberties with it where it was a different experience. Um, even from someone that knows the book version, you know? Um, and I think that's going to do it for episode nine. It was really great getting back to talking to all of you again. So thank you for letting us into your hearts and your ears. And uh, we'll try to get the next one done a little faster, <laughs> but no promises. <laughs> um, again, thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. And... Do you have anything to say? You want to close it out? It's been real. There you go. It's been <laughs> real. And until next time, this is the Imbos, and you've just been reviewed. Reviewed.